Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson. And I'll tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. Delpit was waiting. Interception, Tigers. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. What is happening, New Orleans? Welcome into the Chris Gordy podcast. It's been a while since we have talked. A lot has changed. <laughs> Things have changed over uh, where our show once was. So um, figured I'd do a podcast. I'm going to try to do one once a week, talking all things LSU, Saints, and much, much more. So... Basically, just to update you guys, here's what kind of went down. Um, iHeartRadio, our parent company, made a lot of changes across the country, including our New Orleans market, and staff changed, and things changed, and all this sort of stuff. And long story short, I I won't go into all the details, but basically, we were kind of left without a home uh, with our daily show. And so just with staff tightening and everything, both David DeCorbier and I, our shows kind of went by the by the side, you know, went away, basically. And as a result, uh, the rest of the guys on the station, Sports 1280, love those guys. David Grubb to Eric Asher to Corey Johnson, all three of those guys uh, stayed on board and... They made some tweaks. I believe uh, David's show is actually now in, in my old time slot from 10 to noon. And Eric's still on and Corey's still on and so on and so forth. But regardless, point being, the Chris Gordy show is, I don't want to say no more, but definitely on a permanent hiatus for now. <laughs> or indefinite hiatus, we should say. So... That is kind of where we are right now. So anyway, I, look, I, I thought we built up such a good following with the show, doing it for two and a half years uh, in New Orleans. Obviously, you know, our buddy Michael Connor did the show with me for the, about the first year and a half and then wrote solo for the past year plus. And look, I've had a blast doing it. I've had a blast, you know, tons of guests and, and everything. So uh, I still want to talk LSU and talk Saints and talk all that. So like I said, we're still going to continue to do at least a weekly podcast. We may ramp it up to more at some point, but at least once a week I want to get on here and and talk the latest on, on everything that, that we normally would do. So without further ado, this is the Chris Gordy Podcast. Here's what we got coming up on today's show. Now, it's a little bit hard because I don't want to be too timely, uh, you know, because we date ourselves, right? Sports changes every day, but we're kind of in a good spot here. Well, LSU football is 
gone into their offseason. The LSU basketball team is on quite a run right now, still undefeated in the conference. Uh, we just wrapped up signing day, the official national signing day, where Coach O talked with the media, so we'll get to a little bit of that. So here's kind of what the – and since you're listening on the podcast, you can jump around if you want, but here's kind of the format of what I want to do today. We're going to start off talking some LSU stuff um, – you know, we'll talk signing day, we'll talk aftermath of the national championship, and then a little bit later in the show, I want to get into some Saints stuff, including, I, I got to go to Miami, um, Radio Row out there in Miami, leading up to uh, the Super Bowl, basically that whole week leading up to the Super Bowl, and was able to interview a bunch of different people, and two of the guys I got to catch up with were form, uh, current Saints players, safety Marcus Williams, and of course, quarterback slash do it, do everything guy, Taysom Hill. So we'll get to those interviews in just a bit. My buddy Andy Kalu actually jumped on the uh, the interviews with me. He's a uh, former defensive end in the NFL. It's been a decade in the league, and uh, he did the interviews with me. So uh, if you want to just hear the same stuff, you could skip ahead in the podcast, catch the Marcus Williams and Taysom Hill interviews. But here I wanted to start off with some Saints stuff. I may even dip into a little Pelicans as well. But uh, that's where we're going to go here. Um, last I talked to you guys, LSU had just wrapped up winning the national championship and was able to catch up with a lot of the guys post-game in the locker room, get some, a, a ton of interviews and and all that sort of thing. And since then, a lot of those guys have declared for the draft, and rightfully so. I mean, we knew LSU was going to lose a handful of seniors like Joe Burrow, Christian Fulton, Richard Lawrence. Michael Divinity, Adrian McGee, Damian Lewis, uh, Blake Ferguson, if you want to count the long snapper. But all those guys were going to be gone anyway. And shout out to D-Lou, by the way. Damian Lewis, who I interviewed in the locker room after the championship game, he tore it up at the Senior Bowl a couple weeks ago. And he's I, – I, I've been watching some of the national scouts talking highly about him. And so shout out to that kid, man. He's, he's going to get drafted somewhere in those middle rounds and may even, you know, see how he does it, you know, combine and all that he may even creep up people's draft boards even higher but the underclassmen who all declared include the likes of Grant Delpit no surprise there we knew he was going to go you know be a first round pick and rightfully so Justin Jefferson no surprise with him kind of knew from his production he was going to go Clyde Edwards Elair. that one was kind of you know some people thought maybe Clyde could come back but dude the season he had he had to go pro uh, just with, you know, his stock's not going to get any higher. Lloyd Cushenberry was an interesting one. I, I, you know, I thought Lloyd could come back, be the senior leader on that offensive line next year, be the veteran. But, look, I get it, right? I mean, you, you can't do much more than win a national championship, go out on top. And they have Lloyd listed as one of the top five or six centers in this year's draft. So he'll likely get drafted. I just don't know where. Uh, Thaddeus Moss. No, again, no surprise there. Tight end, um, dynamic tight end. Look, he's going to get drafted on the Moss pedigree alone. Being the son of Randy Moss, somebody was going to take him anyway. But, look, fantastic season. One of the most productive seasons ever by a tight end in LSU history. You totally get on that, Moss. Sadiq Charles was an interesting one. I Digging a little bit deeper on that one, heard some things about Sadiq. Was maybe a little worried about... Um, I don't know, keeping his nose clean next year. I say that as a hyperbole, not literally. Um, but it was just kind of, it it, it 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 was time to go. 
it'll run its course, and Sadiq wants to go to the next level. More power to him. Wish him the best of luck. The two linebackers are the most surprising, I think. Jacob Phillips and Patrick Queen. Look, if you were in that Superdome on that Monday night, Patrick Queen tore it up. He made a name for himself that night, if, if people hadn't already known. And so he rode the momentum of that. He's going pro. And then Jacob Phillips, who had just a fantastic season, I think led LSU in tackles for much of the year. I get it. You just wish one of those guys was coming back to lose both of them. Kind of stings a little bit. But it is what it is. The, now, the guys coming back, LSU uh, on the offensive line, Austin Deculus announced he was going to come back. He was one of those borderline, maybe he takes a chance at the draft. The two D, interior D linemen, I think, is huge in getting Tyler Shelvin and Glenn Logan both back. That, um, I, I thought one of those guys would at least try their hand at the draft. So to get both of them back, that's really big on the interior of the defensive line. And then how about the secondary? To get Jacoby Stevens and Kerry Vincent both coming back, I think is absolutely huge for Bo Pelini in that, in that secondary. And that brings me to my next point, which we haven't even been able to, to discuss, but the fact that Bo Pelini is now LSU's defensive coordinator. Dave Aranda, all the cards started falling, things started moving fast, and you know Dave Aranda kind of put it out there. He wanted to be a, a, a head coach somewhere. And the Baylor job opened up with Matt Rule going to the Carolina Panthers. And so it is what it is. LSU started putting feelers out there. You know, it was so late in the game, there wasn't a lot of candidates to choose from. You know, just in terms of a lot of the guys maybe you might have wanted had already taken jobs or already solidified certain jobs. So when Bo Pelini's name first came out, I said, you know what, that that would be a win for LSU. I, I like the idea. I know some people didn't like it. I like the idea of Bo Pelini coming back to LSU. One, because he was very successful when he was at LSU a decade ago. His defense is ranked um, you know, near the top. They were always really, really good, very aggressive. I'm excited about having Bo Pelini back as the defense quarter. And Coach O uh, talked, talking with the media after, his, uh, after signing day, talked about having Bo Pelini in there. One, and two, also talking about a transition from a 3-4 defense, which is kind of what... Dave Aranda's run the last couple of years to a 4-3 defense, now under Bo Pelini. I've known Bo through Coach Carroll, and, uh, and you know, I have a lot of respect for Coach Carroll, and uh, Coach Carroll thinks that Bo is the brightest defensive mind he ever been, been around. That says a lot to me. And uh, Bo, Bo used to come visit us at USC. Uh, when uh, Dave was being mentioned for a job, uh, Bo was the first name I came up with. And, and I always wanted to coach with him. I, the year I was off, I went speaking at his clinic in Nebraska. He and I got along well. I watched the way he coached. I said, you know what? This type of coach, I like being around. Um, and, uh, you know, Jack Marucci is a uh, confidant of mine. Uh, I asked Jack a lot of questions. Jack said that Bo is one of the best defensive minds or defensive coordinators. He's been around here at LSU. Uh, Bo left here with a great mark. The players loved him. Obviously, his top defenses that he had, two of the top defenses in the SEC, two out of three years, top three defenses. He's a 4-3 guy, and that's my background. I thought it was time for us to maybe shift a little bit to the 4-3, more of an attack-style defense. Uh, he's already made an impact. Uh, his first meeting yesterday with the players were phenomenal. We brought a lot of energy. He set the tempo. Uh, he's very... Um, he does a great job of taking control in the defensive meetings. And I think that uh, he has an open mind on uh, on the personnel. 
Uh, he's going to listen to, you know, hey, man, what can this guy do? What can that guy do? I think he's going to put him in the best position to attack and packages with 11 personnel. So, again, I'm excited about Bo Pelini and seeing what he's able to do with this defense. Again, going to be very aggressive. If you saw some of the guys on social media, um, the LSU guys that are going to be back next year, some of the defensive players kind of saying, yeah, I'm ready to get going with with Dave, with uh, you know Bo Pelini taking over this defense. And you know, I think it was Andre Anthony actually tweeted out, said, let's get after it. You know, and that's when you talk about a guy like, Andre Anthony, uh, Trevez Moore, who's going to be back as a senior. Damone Clark will be back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Those guys, and then Marcel Brooks, who was fantastic last year as a, as a freshman. You talk about those guys, they're going to have every opportunity to fill a void of Caleb on chase on and get after it as a pass rusher in the, in the Bo Pelini's aggressive defense. So, look, he gets to take over a defense where you got Derek Stingley Jr., the best cover corner in the country. I'm excited to see what Bo Pelini does in his second go-around with LSU. And I know some people want to bring up his track record at Youngstown State and all that. I get it. But there's no denying, even when he was the head coach in Nebraska, his defenses were still stout and aggressive and leading the country in sacks and – I'm excited to see what he's going to do with this group of guys throughout the spring and on into next season. Uh, Coach O, real quick, at his press conference, was also asked about Miles Brennan at quarterback. And this is going to be one of our big topics we'll talk about all offseason. But the big thing, I think, if, if you're a fan of LSU football, you need to start separating Miles Brennan is not Joe Burrow. Miles Brennan will not repeat what Joe Burrow did. We can't let Miles Brennan live in the shadow of Joe Burrow. It's it's what people are going to do. It's the comparisons people are going to make because he's the guy following him up. As quickly as we can separate the two and say Miles Brennan is Miles Brennan. Let's see him be a successful Miles Brennan. Not trying to be oh Joe Joe Burrow would have made that throw. Oh Joe Burrow would have seen that protection. Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the history in in the history of LSU football. The sooner you can come to terms with that and accept that LSU will likely never, in our lifetime, will likely never have another quarterback the level of Joe Burrow, the quicker you will be able to uh, come to terms with what you see at the quarterback position moving forward for LSU. Now, that said, I think Miles Brennan can be very good. I think he can be better than the likes of, you know, the Brandon Harrises and the Anthony Jennings and the guys and the Justin Jeff or Jordan Jeffersons, the guys who struggled to throw for a hundred yards a game. I think Miles Brennan's going to be way better than that. Steve Ensminger calling the plays. The offense still should be really good. I, everybody's acting like and na- people nationally. I've heard, oh, LSU lost Joe Brady. They're going to go back to the old school offense. And I'm going, Steve Ensminger didn't suddenly forget the wrinkles that Joe Brady brought, right? It's like he came in with the cheat sheet, left it on the table, and Steve Ensminger's going, hey, I think I'm still going to run some of this stuff. So anybody thinking the LSU offense takes a huge step backward because they lose 
uh, Joe Brady, I think you got a you got another thing coming. Last I checked, the Bolitnikov winner and Jamar Chase is still back. Terrace Marshall is back. They got a lot of weapons on that offense. That, by the way, Miles Brennan's been practicing with the last handful of years. When those guys got first got on campus at LSU, guess who they were catching passes from? Miles Brennan at practice. He was, you know, he was the backup quarterback, and that's who those guys were developing a chemistry with. Now, then this past year, they were able to work with Joe Burrow a lot and develop chemistry with him. But again, Miles Brennan is no stranger to the personnel on this team, regard you know, even the receivers and everybody else. So excited to see what those guys are are gonna do. And um again, it's it's gonna be a long offseason. It's gonna be a lot to to get to when it comes to um you know, who's going to step in on this guy's role, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. But regardless, you got to be excited about what LSU just did with their uh, with their signing class. But real quick, here was Mile, or, uh, Coach O talking about Miles Brennan at quarterback. Well, we're excited about Miles. I've always thought that Miles is going to be an excellent quarterback. Uh, we want Miles to be the best Miles Brennan. Uh, I don't think it's fair to compare him to Joe. I don't know if we're going to see another guy like Joe. We may, we may not. But we want Miles to be his best. And if he's at his best, we feel that he can be excellent. We feel that Max is going to be an excellent uh, quarterback. Uh, we feel that we got great quarterbacks. And uh, uh, we're going to look at our quarterbacks this spring. Uh, we're going to see what they do. We're going to give them a chance to compete and uh, see what they got. So, again, Miles Brennan as the quarterback, interestingly enough, Coach O has kind of alluded that they're not really going to look at any transfer quarterbacks. They've got a couple of empty spots from this signing class. They could bring in some transfers. I think some people have said maybe an offensive lineman or a linebacker. You know, those are positions they could probably use a transfer player to come in. But sounds like transfer quarterback they will not go with. You know, they, they feel pretty good about the quarterback room that they have. And, again, I think, I think we can all agree this is Miles Brennan's team moving into next year. And we'll see where it goes from here. In case you missed it, LSU wrapped up their signing class uh, this past week. They brought in, uh, added three guys to their February signees. Wide receiver out of uh, Mississippi by the name of Alex Adams. They picked up a uh, running back out of Texas by the name of Trey Bradford. And then a cornerback out of the Houston area named Dwight McLaughlin. So three pretty solid players to add to the mix of the rest of this recruiting class, which was just out of this world the best recruiting class in the past decade for LSU. Certainly the best signing class in the Coach O era. Now, some people are making a stink because this class finished, depending on what recruiting rank is you're looking at, they finished fourth. Look, the reality is Georgia had some studs in their class. Clemson had some studs in their class. Alabama always has studs in theirs. It's close. But if you look at the rankings and the numbers, it's basically those four and then a lot of separation after that, a lot of, you know, so there's no shame in LSU having the number four class. You know, some people might bitch and moan and go, we should have the number one class. Look, just understand this is one of the, if you take the 24-7 composite ratings, like this is the highest rated class LSU has ever had. This is the most talent they've had in a signing class in a long, long time. So um, anyway, take that, take that for what it is. One more LSU tidbit before we kind of move on. I do have to mention Dante Starks. Uh, New Orleans native was arrested for illegal possession of a concealed handgun and attempting to run away from deputies, according to Jefferson Parish, uh, Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office last week. Ed Ogeron announced Stark's indefinite suspension uh, uh, last week. 
He's 19. He was jailed on counts of illegally possessing a concealed handgun and attempting a a runaway from deputies who stopped him while investigating a complaint about armed men selling crack cocaine. Not the best of news for Dante Starks, who was, you know, everything we heard was starting to get, you know, line up to to be a a big-time contributor for LSU this coming season. Look, if there's any position of need, it's, it's linebacker. And so now... He is indefinitely suspended, and now you got to lean on maybe Josh White, incoming fr- uh, true freshman. Obviously, you have Damone Clark and, and Micah Baskerville, who are your two veteran guys. Uh, Antoine Sampa, another freshman in this class. But, man, you're a little thin at the inside linebacker spot unless there's one of those outside guys that wants to slide in there and play a little interior. But Dante Stark's really messing up a, a big opportunity for him that if you could just – stay clean, keep his head straight, a guy who was going to play a lot of football for LSU this year. So I don't know what the timetable looks like. I don't know how quickly they'll get this thing figured out. But, again, just disappointing from a standpoint of a guy that could really make an impact for LSU next season. All right, let's grab a uh, quick break. We will come back and discuss some Saints football when we return. Oh, yeah. Oh, Welcome back, Chris Gordy Show in podcast form. Good to have you guys with us. Uh, I mentioned earlier, got to go to Miami during Super Bowl week and be out there on Radio Row. Worked, uh, I do some work with our uh, radio station in Houston and uh, helped set up a lot of interviews for them. And two of the guys that we were able to set up interviews with were our uh, current New Orleans Saints and uh, my buddy N.D. Kalu, former NFL defensive end, jumped on with me for those interviews. So if you hear another voice on these interviews, that is N.D. But uh, without further ado, let's get to our interview with uh, Marcus Williams, Saints safety. And I even talked to him before off the air. I said, I'm not going to bring up the Minnesota game. And he goes, which one? I go, Marcus. Obviously, the one that everybody brings up to you on the missed tackle on Stephon Diggs. He goes, oh, okay, yeah. Again, that's what everybody wants to talk about with him. I did, however, have to ask him about the Minnesota game this year. Uh, Off the air, I just said, dude, what happened? And he was just kind of like, man, sometimes teams come in and, and, you know, punch you in the mouth. And that's what the Vikings did to them in the playoff game. One of the most disappointing playoff losses, I think, in, in Saints history. But anyway, without further ado, here was uh, our interview, me and Andy Kalu interviewing Saints safety Marcus Williams. Current player for the New Orleans Saints, safety Marcus Williams. Let's kind of talk about your past. You know, grew up, played high school ball in California. Sure. Uh, had some offers from Washington, California, your home state. And you chose to go to Utah. And, you know, me being a Texas guy, I don't know much about Utah. How, how does Utah grab a talented California kid like yourself? Uh, it was just it was just the coaches and the players. Uh, went on my visit up there, and it was a family environment. Didn't have didn't have coaches saying we're gonna, this is what you're gonna have. You can you're gonna come right in. You're gonna play. They told me how it was gonna be. They said you're gonna come in. You have to work hard for everything you get, and that just got me because other people are trying to guarantee you something, right. and they're not. They're just guaranteed that you you'll get your opportunity. They're not guaranteed you're gonna come in and you're gonna play. You're gonna start. So when you when you get people like that. You, you just know they're sincere and they're genuine. They're not trying to get anything from you. or just trying to persuade you to go there or not. 
You know, you probably don't re realize how mature of a stance that is when you're 17, 18, 19, however old you were when you're being recruited, for you to kind of see through the BS and when somebody says, oh, you come over here, Marcus, you're going to be a starter right away or you're going to do this. And you're like, no, I like the guys who are being real with me telling me I'm going to have to earn it. So, you know, props to you. Somebody raised you right for you to be that mature. Speaking with current safety, starting safety for the New Orleans Saints, Marcus Williams, when you, because uh, you had early success, you started early and you played early. Uh, what was your first, like, welcome to the NFL moment for you? First welcome to the NFL moment? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I never had, like, no big, no nobody getting, like, run me over really right. crazy or anything. <laughs> I mean, probably when I went up against Gronk, you just Ooh. threw me by, just threw me by him real quick. Right. Like, it was, like, I was nothing. But that probably was my welcome to the NFL rook so, when I went up against him. Awesome. Talking with uh, Saints safety, Marcus Williams. So you guys, uh, Dennis Allen takes over the defense a couple years ago. Saints for so many years, man, had some one of the best offenses in the NFL, but the defense was always the Achilles heel. Dennis Allen comes in, starts making you guys a little bit more aggressive up front, starting to get more sacks, starting to get more turnovers in the secondary and all that. Talk about the secondary this year. You, you guys – Obviously picked up Eli Apple midseason last year. You add Janoris Jenkins uh, the middle of this season. What was it like, the transition with the secondary, and uh, you guys seemed to be getting better and better as the year went along? Uh, well, I came in with all these guys um, from my first year, so we, we built that bond since day one, and everybody is all bought in. So when you buy into a defense, when you buy into a It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Culture, that's when every, everything starts forming together. We have a lot to improve on, of course. And that's what all young secondaries, all young, all young groups have to. But we can't make those, uh, we can't make those excuses for you know anything that goes on because we're young. We we just have to. You, we're here now. Like there's no, you're a rookie. There's no, you're a second year. You're you're in the fire, so you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. And that's what we. That's what our culture is. You come in, be pre prepared and ready to go. So week two, you guys suffer catastrophic injury. Drew Brees goes down, uh, tears his thumb. You guys have to go to Teddy Bridgewater. Everybody's going, oh, the Saints, man, maybe they can go 500 without without Drew Brees. You guys defensively stepped it up. You start winning these close games. You beat the Cowboys at a low score. Uh, you go to Chicago, get a win. You go to Seattle and get a win. Did you guys defensively say, hey, look, Drew's not in there. We believe in Teddy, but we got to kind of step it up defensively here. It's a, it's a group it's a group effort. It's not just the defense or the offense. It's defense, offense, and special teams. We all do it together. And – our defense is going to play the same way regardless if our, our, our one guy goes down. We have that next man up mentality, and it wasn't just the defense that helped us win the games. Our defense is a, is a part of it, but we also have the offense and the special teams. So when, when Drew Brees go down, we, we knew Teddy was going to come in. We knew what he was going to do because we already knew he was prepared and he was ready to go in, and, and that's what he did. He came in and he balled, and the defense balled, special team balled, and we won those games. So being able to, to have a group, Everybody in this locker room who's bought in and they know that at any moment somebody could go down, 
then that's what that's when you know you have something good. Tell me this, uh, with you younger guys, uh, you know, I, I appreciate and admire y'all's bigger perspective on things. Back when I played and, and when we lost and we lost in the playoffs, we kind of had that attitude, man, I'm not watching playoffs, I'm not going to the Super Bowl. But y'all seem like, you know what, no, I, we did our thing, it didn't happen, I'm still going to enjoy the lifestyle. What, what, what's kind of the mindset like after uh, your, your last game of the year? After the last game of the year, it's still tough mm-hmm. knowing – that there was more you could have accomplished more but you know maybe it wasn't that time now you have to just go back to the drawing boards get ready for the next year uh, start preparing get ready right away I mean some people want to take their time off and that's fine get your recovery in get your body your back right but being here is just you know being around the same guys other guys from other teams just just seeing how their season went things like that it's still good because you have guys around the league who who you're still friends with who you still know from college or other places like that so it's still good vibes and, uh, you know, just get ready for this game and see who, who comes out with the win. You're taller and longer than I, you, you know, than I thought when I, you know, I've seen you on TV, but seeing you in person, do you pattern your game after anybody that's played before you or do you kind of just say, no, I'm not trying to be anybody else, I'm going to be my own player? Uh, I, I really want to be my own player, uh, but I, I also take bits and pieces from other players like Eric Weddle or Ed Reed, people like that, just to, you know, just to see what they've done to be successful. And, and once I see what they've done, then I can put it in, implement it into my game. And I think that's that's benefited me to be able to implement some of those games into my game so so I could just be successful in anything I do. All right, gut feeling, yes or no question, is Drew Brees back next year? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how that's a question with the way he played this year, and I know a lot of people he were saying he's going to take some time to take think some about time. it. That, that's just so he gets all the tweets, please don't go, <laughs> hashtag, uh, never leave us. I just got one more for you. So you, you played your college ball at Utah. Oops. You come down to New Orleans. How tough was it adjusting to that humidity and the heat of training camp when you got down there? I don't think it was that tough because I had that mentality uh, to go in and just – compete regardless of the the situation but i'm in, in guys cramping up around you and every guys are leaving practice. i went in prepared i go in prepared if you're prepared for an opportunity you don't have to not be prepared i, I just be prepared for any any weather i can have so i i trained in california i went to utah so i mean two different humidities two different elevations so going to new orleans like i'm ready so your teammate cam jordan passing by right now what's uh, what's it like having a pass rusher like him up front Shoot, it seems like he's going to get to the quarterback every single time. <laughs> and that's helping me in the back end. If he's hitting the quarterback, I might get an interception. Right, right. And y'all help them as well because when y'all are defending the receivers, it, it gives the guys up front much time to get to the quarterback. That's the voice of starting safety, Marcus Williams of the New Orleans Saints. We wish you much more success. Continue intercepting the ball and enjoy your week on Radio Row, Marcus. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. And again, our interview with uh, Marcus Williams of the Saints. Really, really nice guy. Really, um, you know, a guy who could have reason to be, you know what I mean, like hold a grudge, like not want to do any media. You know, this guy's had some really tough struggles throughout his young NFL career. And and obviously, look, I thought this past season he had some struggles and some moments not so good out of position and things like that. But regardless, uh, this is going to be a big year for Marcus Williams to prove himself and would not be surprised if the Saints started looking to other safeties in this draft to say, hey, look, if you don't, either you're going to shape up or you won't be here much longer. So a big year for Marcus Williams to prove himself. All right, uh, one of our other Saints players we got to interview on Radio Row is one of the most famous guys out there, one of the most popular guys 
on the Saints roster and a guy that was basically the heart and soul of the Saints playoff loss against Minnesota. If you ask, uh, you know, a lot of fans watched that game, they said Taysom was the only one who showed up that day. Uh, but our conversation with Saints quarterback Taysom Hill, we talked Drew Brees, we talk about his future at the quarterback position and much more. Here was uh, me and uh, uh, Andy Kalu, our conversation with Saints quarterback Taysom Hill. From the New Orleans Saints. Taysom, what's going on, man? Not much, guys. I appreciate you having me on. You know, welcome, man. And I first uh, noticed you at BYU, and I was like, man, this guy, he's a true athlete. You know what I'm saying? A true <laughs> throwback, can do everything. Had a linebacker mentality, playing quarterback. Then now I think the world gets a chance to see it. Can you just kind of talk about what it means to you uh, to be that utility player, to be that player that everyone can count on regardless of the phase that you're playing? Yeah, you know, I, I think ultimately, like, I love to compete. I love to play, and I love to be able to, to go in and, and help our team win football games. And that was really my, my goal is to be able to go in and, and add a spark. And whether that was, you know, blocking a defensive end on a play or, or, or running a route or throwing something, like, um, man, I always told the coaches, like, look, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to block that guy, but I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> but I'll try. Yeah. So, so receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, block punts, uh return i mean like you've done it all like is there a position you haven't tried yet well i haven't done anything on the whole line yeah. and I'm, I'm happy i'm happy about that um but just about everything else we've uh we've checked off the off the board so um it, it's been I, I had no plans that my nfl career would be where it is right now or would have gone this route you know but um it, it's been a great time i said last preseason uh because we know your running ability. You're, you're a tremendous runner. We, we know what you can do with your legs. I said last preseason, I said, I want to see Taysom stand in the pocket. I want to see him work on his passing game, work on yeah. his arm. And this past preseason, you did that, man. You, you got better as a passer. We saw that throughout the offseason. And even in the regular season, you threw some passes. It threw on a big one in the playoff game. Uh, how much did you focus on hey, if I'm going to stick around this league as a quarterback, I need to continue to develop as a passer. Yeah, you know, it was something that I, I've always wanted to focus on, you know, but I, I look at my college career and I was always injured, frankly. Like, I had four season-ending injuries, and so as I was getting ready for the next season, I was rehabbing an injury where I couldn't really focus on everything that I wanted to because so much time and attention was spent there. In the last three years of my NFL career, I've been I'm, I'm healthy. Like, I haven't had any issues that way, and – I will tell you, when I got to New Orleans, Drew has been just kind of like an, an open book for me. And I started working out with his QB guy, started working out with Drew, and frankly, I just started doing everything Drew does. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, it's really been the best transition for me. Um, and so I've, I've really been able to focus on all of that stuff the last few years, but it's been specialized through Drew and, and his QB guy, and I've kind of adopted the same mentality talk about the mentality you know with the injuries you know to suffer multiple injuries on the collegiate level you know how did you keep the faith did you ever get down on yourself and think you know what maybe the next level might not work for me you know I I always felt like I was going to be able to rehab and and get back and, and be healthy um, I think when I got to the the NFL it was really like I just need someone to give me an opportunity and Green Bay did that for me and created that opportunity and then you know, obviously New Orleans continue to create opportunities for me, and now we're here. But I, I will tell you the mental and emotional side of it was, was more difficult than the physical side. Um, 
but I had a, you know, a great wife with me the whole time, great support group and family and friends, and, and we, we made it work. Now, was Green Bay just too traditional with their thinking? Because even <laughs> I saw it when I watched it at BYU, like that guy can play anywhere. Like, did they miss that, <laughs> you know, when they had you? And Sean Payton, who actually coached with the Eagles when I was with the Eagles, you know, he's a guy that thinks outside of the box. But it doesn't take a genius to realize that you could play multiple positions. Did Green Bay even – tweaked with that or tried no. or they just left you a quarterback no they they, they left me quarterback um and and that that's that's really all it was you mm-hmm. know I, I, they were trying to sign me the practice squad i think that they really liked me but they had some injuries defensively and so they had to keep a, a a couple more dbs than they would normally and um you know went through that game and and it just it, it's just how it happened i know they're like Dang, what were we <laughs> <laughs> a lot still up in the air with drew we know he said he, he's going to make a decision here soon whether he's coming back or not teddy bridgewater's a free agent you're a restricted free agent mike florio and pro football talk he's been writing all these articles Taysom hill should be a starting quarterback in his league i bring that up because you're going to be 30 this summer it's yep. not like you're a 22 year old kid that can continue to learn like if this is going to happen it's got to happen pretty soon how much do you want to be a starting quarterback outside of doing all the other things you do in this league? Yeah, I'm, I mean, that that's the goal. That's always been the goal. Um, and so that that's definitely, you know, in, in my plans and, and where I envision myself playing in the future. Um, and as I look at free agency, it's really finding, you know, what's the best opportunity for me, you know, who shares the same vision that I have for myself as a player and, that, you know, as, as I look at the next few months, that's really what, what it will be. Now, in the offseason, when you prepare for the next season, like for me as a defensive end, I'm just working pass rush moves, playing against the run. What do you work? Like you, <laughs> you get to the gym, you're like, huh, what am I going to work today? Throwing the ball, tackling, blocking, special teams. Like It's all throwing. It's all, it all, throwing? It's all okay. quarterback specific. And cool. I will say as I got to New Orleans, you know, kind of warped into this other thing. But the whole time they've always treated me as a quarterback. So as I get to – OTAs as I go through training camp I play quarterback Mm -hmm. and you know our quarterback coach coach Lombardi is always like ah we tell the other position groups to just like leave you alone like look this guy did it with no practice in the season last year and the season before so like he can do that but like he's playing quarterback so Mm -hmm. leave him alone um and it's been good did you feel you were the the heartbeat of the playoff game and obviously a tough playoff loss to the Vikings but man you did everything in that game did you feel like you would have liked one or two more carries to kind of help uh, the team over the over the finish line. There? Look, man, I, I I've never been that type of person, you know, to think about uh, what if, and you know, I think hindsight is is always twenty twenty, you know, and and man, what if we played this play differently? And um, look, it, it all worked out the way that it was supposed to work out, and and unfortunately, we came up a little short, and the Vikings made a few more plays than we did, and 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 that was that. Tell us, you, you're plugging uh, uh, tonal. It's a uh, yeah. Uh, what is this a home gym personal trainer yeah deal? yeah it, it, it's a home it's a home gym um so it's it's a young company that i'm really excited about i just have one installed in my place but it's it's a artificial intelligence personal trainer uh, but is a full gym that mounts right on your wall but there's a digital weight set inside this uh software uh that's set up with a personal trainer inside so everything that you would need at at, uh, at a gym is is right there in your is home. it Taysom hill's voice telling you get up stupid <laughs> work out well not yet you know maybe in the future we'll see what is it about you byu guys every time i meet y'all y'all are just too good to be true chad lewis i had the honor of playing chad, with chad Chad's lewis the greatest, man. reno mahe yep, jamal reno. williams like 
do y'all have like some character class that <laughs> because like when I first met Chad, I played against him in college. Yeah. And then we were teammates with the Eagles. And when I first met him, I was all, nah, no one can be that nice. Like something's Chad. wrong with him. He must be messing with me. Chad is the greatest. And he's man. been like that for the over twenty years that I've known him. And every BYU player that I've met just something about you what, yeah. what is it what's the well secret? <laughs> I, I i don't know i i will say that you know they care a lot about who they bring into the program um and i would say you know my my favorite thing about byu is really the people that i was surrounded by mm-hmm. so they whether it was a professor it was coaches like i, I always had all those people my friends like teammates like were, were people that i could i could always talk to i could i could cry to as i went through my injuries and and Chad, as you mentioned him, he was one of those guys that he came to every surgery I had wow. when I was in college. Hmm. Um, and, and so I think everyone that's met him has had the same experience. Oh, he, he's a great guy. One more time because I'm looking at Tonal, your gym here. Yeah. This is pretty cool. So yeah. kind of let our listeners know where they can go check it out. Well, I just Googled it, T-O-N-A-L. Yep. And this looks like the future of, of training. Yeah, it, uh, yeah tonal.com. Um, my, my favorite thing about it, frankly, is the artificial intelligence inside of it. Mm-hmm. So there's a personal trainer, but it's one of those things that you're always competing against yourself. So as you do a workout, and it, it knows exactly when, when and where you struggled the previous week, hmm. and, um, you know, it will automatically start to change weights for your, for your different workouts. And, you know, it, it's, it's quite, the, uh, quite the technology and the future of, of home gyms. And it doesn't take up much space. No. It, it looks like you just right have to find that stud, you know, the stud to mount it up, and you can do every single workout that you need to. He is uh, Taysom Hill, uh, Saints quarterback. One more before we let you go. Um, give us a good behind-the-scenes story. I mean, Sean Payton, is he one of the – I mean, we know he is one of the best play callers, but what are those meeting r- rooms like? I mean, he's <laughs> such a, an incredible play caller. Yeah. Well, look, I think the, the real magic happens. I, I don't know if you guys have – have talked or heard the schedules that they keep but man coach keeps those guys up till the wee hours uh, of the morning game planning um and then then we get to come in the morning and kind of see what it is but there are so many times where you know just just as an example you know you brought up the 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 pass i threw to deontay harris in in the wild card game against the vikings and that was one of those games where they watch film you know he came in he installed it and he goes listen this is going to be a great play. I'm calling this play, Taysom. Like, it's going to get called. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to happen. Mike Thomas is going to run the over. Safety is going to cut him. And Deontay Harris is going to be one-on-one with the corner. And, like, he's going to be wide open. And sure enough, <laughs> he called it, and it was uh, – he, he was wide open. All right, that's the voice of Mr. Do-Everything Taysom Hill of the New Orleans Saints. Man, it's been a pleasure to get you in from an old-school football player. We really appreciate your approach, and you're, you're just as cool of a guy as I thought you would be, especially knowing you went to BYU. <laughs> so good luck with Thanks everything. For Thanks for talking uh, you know, Thank with you us, much. and good luck with Tonal. And once people see it, I'm sure it'll be a success. Thanks for having right. me. It's funny. I, I talk to people around town about – Taysom, and it seems like everybody mispronounced, like, everybody's got a different pronunciation of his name. I hear some people say Taysom. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know why it's so hard to pronounce. I guess because Taysom is not a, a name we're familiar with uh, in the Big Easy, but yeah, uh, regardless, appreciate Taysom Hill taking some time out, and man, he is such a nice guy, really good dude, easy to root for, and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I've brought up before, I think, I thought the Saints... Should maybe give a look to Marcus Mariota if he's available and willing to come in and back up Drew Brees. 
I still think Taysom has to be the third string guy just because of what what roles he plays that are so important to this team. It will be very interesting to see what happens in free agency. He is a restricted free agent, meaning some other teams could take a flyer on him. And, you know, based on the season that Lamar Jackson had, some people might look at it and like Mike Florio and say, Taysom, I think, couldn't be a starter in this league. He just needs a chance. I'll be intrigued to see who gives him offers. And obviously, I would think the Saints are going to match no matter what. But, you know, what will that tender be? Is it a first round tender? Is it a second round tender? And obviously, you have to pay him pretty darn well if you have a first-round tender on him. So we'll see what happens with that as uh, obviously free agency is just a month away in the NFL. Uh, Just a few other thoughts on the Saints and and their offseason. Obviously, the draft is, um, you know, a lot of people are going to start talking draft analysis and team needs for the Saints and all this. Look, I think it's got to start with (laughs) – it's got to start with this number two wide receiver – Obviously, you like what you had in Keith Kirkwood and um, you know some of those other guys, but man, it's it's been too long now since the Saints have taken an, a, a wide receiver in the first couple of rounds. I know you can count Traquan Smith as a third rounder from a couple of years ago, but they've got to get a compliment to Michael Thomas. It's just it has to happen, and so I, I think if you're a Saints fan, start looking at those mock drafts and start looking at receivers in those top couple of rounds and, and who might be there for the Saints. Because I, I just feel like we could talk future quarterback, we could talk this, we can talk that, but it's got to start with a number two receiver. And, look, if you're an LSU guy, and I know there's a lot of people are going to be throwing out Justin Jefferson's name and all that. Take When you do when you talk Saints, you have to take your LSU blinders off. Um, you just do. I got, I got buddies who, you know, they're like, you know who would look good in a Saints uniform? Thaddeus Moss. I'm like, guys – Take your LSU blinders off and go look because Sean Payton doesn't do that. We've talked about this for years, and Mickey Loomis, they very rarely do they ever look at Saints players. You know, they, they'll go take the guy out of Bloomsburg or, you know, whatever small school, you know, William and Mary. Like, they're more likely to draft a receiver from William and Mary than they are to take an LSU guy. That's just how they operate. So, do your due diligence if you really want to follow the draft like I do. I mean, I, I get passionate about it. I watch a lot of film on these guys leading up to the draft. Do your due diligence. Read the mock drafts and take a look at some of the big boards like Pro Football Focus or, so, or ESPN, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper. Look at their big boards and look at their top 100 players or top 150 players and, and research some of those guys near the back end or guys that will be available when the Saints are on the board. Again, don't start throwing out guys that you think they could get Tua. Look, Tua's probably going to go top 15. So unless you think the Saints can trade up from the back end of the first to the top, again, mortgage your entire future, give up all these future draft picks, no, stop. Be realistic when we talk draft. The worst movie in the world that I cannot stand was the movie Draft Day with uh, Kevin Costner because it was the most unrealistic viewpoint of how the NFL drafts operate. Nobody trades future picks to move up without fully knowing who they're going to take. If you're going to trade up for the number one pick, there has to be a guy that you absolutely love there. I'm getting on a tangent. I hate that movie draft day, but regardless, um, be realistic when you talk Saints and potential trades. That's all I ask you guys. Um, Real quick before we uh, we wrap things up, I do need to uh, give a shout out to to the Pelicans. I was actually at uh, the game in Houston not too long ago, and, and and it was a good game. I mean, the Pelicans played their butts off, 
and it kind of just slipped away late. They weren't able to hit any threes. Drew Holiday just couldn't hit any shots, and uh, you know Brandon Ingram, who had been good in that game, couldn't do much. Zion has been obviously a little bit up and down. Got schooled a little bit by Giannis in that game against Milwaukee. So as quickly as you had won three in a row, then now you lose a handful. But um, I, I talked with David Griffin before the game, and I asked him, uh, you know, had, had a couple good minutes with him, but I just asked him, I said, your thoughts on Zion so far? And David Griffin said he is a shell of himself right now, and he still is putting up, you know, whatever, 20 points, able to get to the rim. He said, wait till he gets healthy. Wait till he gets fully, he didn't say healthy, but, you know, get wait till he fully gets his feet under him and he's 100%. I think the league is in trouble with what Zion uh, Williamson is going to be. And, and look, obviously we know he was, he was the number one overall pick, very highly touted. But from David Griffin's, and again, it was just me and David Griffin. There's nobody else around. And he kind of made it known. He said, look, he's a shell of himself. Wait till he gets going. Wait till he he becomes his full self. I think uh, I think he's going to be a monster to deal with in in this in this league. And I think the Pelicans are going to be a lot of fun moving forward in the future. It's just right now they're, they're going through their growing pains. And again, you you wish they could put it all together. You know, being ten plus games below five hundred, if they could just go on a string where they could string together five, six, seven games or win eight out of ten, man, they could really start to chip away and get closer to that playoff spot. I just don't know if that's realistic this season. But um, we'll see. Look, they're going to play the game. Zion's going to continue to play. And who knows? Maybe they could finally start to gel and, and find a stretch where they can put a bunch of wins together. But I, I at this point in the season, I say it's probably not likely and you're kind of playing for next year. And it's a shame for guys like J.J. Redick and Derek Favors and guys that, you know, we're hoping to make a playoff run with this team. I just think Zion missed too much time, and that long, long losing streak early in the season really put him behind the eight ball. Um, but who knows? Here's hoping the best for the Pelicans and that they can turn this thing around um, in the next handful of weeks. That is just about going to do it for me, Chris Gordy. I really appreciate all you guys for listening Subscribe to the podcast. You can find it anywhere, uh, you know, iTunes podcast or on Spreaker, wherever you find uh, your podcast. So uh, really appreciate you guys for tuning in. And uh, we'll try to do one of these just about every week here on uh, the Chris Gordy podcast. Talk to you guys soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.